This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. VGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. VGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, orthotics, and prosthetics industries. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. Welcome to Industry Matters. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Mandy Joyner, Senior Director of Marketing for VGM and Associates. In today's episode of Industry Matters, I talk with VGM's Rhonda Burmester, Senior Director of Payer Relations and Reimbursement, about CMNs, LCDs, CPAP policy changes, national coverage determination, in short, everything to help you understand how to get paid faster and keep your money. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today. Please introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you for having me on this podcast today. Um, My name is Rhonda Burmaster. My title is pretty lengthy. Um, It's Senior Director of Payer Relations and Reimbursement. What that really means for our members is I'm your um, resource for anything in that billing and reimbursement arena, whether it's Medicare fee-for-service, obviously, is my um, forte, but any other payers, any questions you have on that, whether it's a billing question, something related to an audit, maybe I can I can simplify some of that. If it's more extensive, I, I'll send you out to our, our own team at the Van Halen Group, but I try to help our members just in that billing reimbursement audit arena um, at various levels. So there's a lot to that to that title. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And today we are going to talk about kind of all things oxygen because there's been a lot of changes and of, you know even with PHEs going on. So what can you can you share with us and what's kind of happening out there in the oxygen world? Yeah, so this has been a hot topic for our members that supply oxygen equipment because we've had we've heard of some changes coming. We know some of those changes that are coming. It's just a matter of it being implemented. So we did hear of changes last fall, and we are still waiting on the the implementation of the LCD that would be um, implemented by both CGS and Noridian. But CMS has released the national coverage determination to let us know basically what we're going to be looking at for some changes. And I'll just review those. There's um, some of the key ones, I should say. Um, so we know the alternative treatment methods are that language is being removed. We know that. We also know that they're going to be allowing for acute conditions, not just chronic, but acute conditions, which relates to the cluster headaches and the reason that the NCD was opened up initially anyway. We don't know what the cluster headache requirements are going to be um, because CMS is leaving that up to the DME max. That's up to their discretion to determine what criteria they're going to need. So we're still waiting on that. Um, One other key piece they're doing is um, they're changing that chronic stable state requirement that we had to have for testing for those patients that were not inpatient at a hospital. So it was an outpatient um, situation, they're changing the chronic stable state language to time of need. So the patient would get tested during the time of need for oxygen, which also then leads us to, we think they're taking away that 30-day test requirement that we had to have. So we, we know that we, outside of a hospital setting, we had to have a patient tested 
um, within 30 days of that order being written, we, it appears that that language is going away, which is good news. It's not so time sensitive. Um, and then the, the biggest piece that we're all excited about is the elimination of the um, Certificate of Medical Necessity, that CMN 484 form that we all um, have dealt with for years and years and years with CMS. So we know that's being eliminated. So all of the, these changes are going into effect um, in January of 2023. We did find out at our recent meetings we've had with um, the DME Max, with our council meetings, that they are going to um, release the LCD at a minimum of 40 days prior to implement implementation days or implementation date. So that means we are looking at a release of the LCD mid-November or earlier. So that's good news that we'll have plenty of time to review that LCD and make sure that our referrals um, understand what the requirements are so that can they can get the training and um, be ready for January. So there's, there's some good things coming with the oxygen changes. As our members should know, and you know this too, Mandy, is that I'll be securing all these save the dates for webinars or uh, doing anything educational I can do for our members, whether it's anything they get from our, any of our other groups like our education courses that they do online with VGM Education at, at VGMU or off-the-shelf marketing, all of that I'm a content supporter with. So I will be updating all of that in addition to training our members on these changes so everyone understands. So that's important for them to make sure that they're signed up for our notification so they know when all, the, all of that's going to happen. So I wanted to bring this piece of it to our members because it's we've talked about it, I've educated on it, even at our recent Heartland Conference, and I've done other educational events on it, um, but there's still a lot of questions. So I figured I'd talk about it today in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good to have reminders, especially when it's such a, a long period, right? With, yeah. you know, LCDs last fall, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. And that's, that's the interesting pieces too, is that it, the NCD was in, went into effect last fall. So it was released on September 27th of 2021. So it appears that that's when the effective date will remain. It looks like they may retro to that date. We're going to wait and see what the LCD looks like. They're going to implement all these changes in January. So there's confusion sometimes with implementation and effective dates that I'll talk just shortly on. But we are still in the PHE, as you mentioned earlier. And so suppliers still have that to hang on to for any needs that warrant that with these patients. But if you're trying to follow a policy, you might be going, which one do I follow? Is it the new one that's coming out that went into effect last fall? Or is it the LCDIC written that's publicized or published on the, the websites today? And I've encouraged our suppliers to follow the current one that you see on CGS or Noridian's website today, because that's still out there. And that also because the, um, their system has not been updated to accept these new changes yet. So it's just the best practice to follow the current coverage criteria. Let's wait and see what the finalized LCD looks like. And then um, when it's released in January, then we can move forward with changes. And if you choose not to follow that, that's fine. You can do that. Just know that if you choose not to follow the LCD as it's written today, that we see as today, um, you may get denials, you probably will, and you'll have to go through the appeals process. 
you may get them overturned, you may not. It just depends on what that reviewer interprets. As we all know, interpretation is is um, left up in the air for some people, but it's just and it's just important to follow the current policy. That's what I encourage people to do. Absolutely. All right, well, let's, I don't want to say switch gears, but let's talk a little bit about some more of the elimination of the CMNs and what that all kind of reaches. Yeah, so this has actually been a really good announcement for many suppliers that provide a variety of products because CMS has still had some, what I call the true CMNs that are required. As we all know, they're required even before you submit a claim. Well, the, all the CMNs are now being eliminated, and that goes into effect in January um, 2023. So the five that were left, for those of you that do seat lift chairs, um, those mechanisms, the TENS units, the pneumatic compression devices, or PCDs is what the, we use for the abbreviation, bone stimulators, and then, of course, oxygen. For those of you that do enteral, parental nutrition, and then you do the... Um, um, EIPs, the uh, infusion, external infusion pumps, sorry, I was hesitating on that, external infusion pumps, the DIFs, the DME information forms, are being eliminated. So this is really good news because we don't have to rely on getting those documents completed and um, filled out from the doctor. The CMNs would be filled out by the doctor, and then we can submit the claim for payment. We've, as we all know, those CMNs, have become a claims processing tool. It wasn't holding true to what it says, a certificate of medical necessity, because we still had to obtain all that information from the medical record. In addition to getting the CMN and those DIFs completed, then we can submit our claims and get re reimbursed. And we know doctors were never really timely on getting that information completed as it relates to CMNs. So this is really good news that these are gonna be eliminated um, and We'll, we'll see what that looks like in January as far as um, if they're going to need anything additional. I don't think so because we still had to obtain those medical records in the event of an audit. That's what they look for um, when they're looking at medical necessities in those medical records. Um, and then that CMN was just there for that claims processing to get it, your claims paid. So I hope suppliers have really embraced this and um, look forward to one last step to get to get reimbursed on your um, products and services. So that's that's really good news. So this announcement came out actually initially back on May 4th. Um, so there's an MLN article that was released and we have since, you know, we've seen this has caused some confusion because I know you've seen it too, Mandy, is there's been so many announcements that comes out. I feel like daily they're releasing something about elimination of CMNs and diffs and they're not releasing anything new. It's just reminders from different different levels at CMS or the DME Max that these forms are going away. So that's that's really all it, those announcements are. They're not saying anything different. So until then, until January, if you're doing doing every or any of those five products, you need to get the CMN um, until January hits. And then once January 3rd hits is when um, that, those dates of service moving forward, those CMNs and DIFs are no longer required. The one exception to that rule right now, because we're still in the pandemic, is that oxygen CMN. Because we are in the pandemic still, and we look, it appears that we may be going at least till um, end of the year, beginning of January, 
it appears, it's not official, but it appears that way, um, you can choose to not get the, the oxygen CMN right now. You can choose to um, bypass that by using a waiver that's in place because of the pandemic. The, the, um, uh, the CMS has put it in their IFC, that interim final rule that came out with the pandemic. They put that in the IFC where the, the CMN for oxygen and the diff for the external infusion pumps, the EIPs, are not required at, during the pandemic. So if you choose to bypass getting those two forms, just make sure you append a modifier on your claim, the CR that we all know from the pandemic, and then your claim narrative of COVID-19. That will get your claims through and paid. Otherwise, if you don't do that, this, their system looks for a CMN to pay to pay on or to to match up to and pay. And if there's not one there, it, it'll deny. So no, that's a lot of informa information I just fed to everybody. But the key is if you do oxygen, there's a way around it. You can use a CR modifier and not worry about getting that CMN, which means you get paid faster. Same with the diff um, for um, the external infusion pumps. Otherwise, the other four products, TENS, seat lift chairs, pneumatic compression devices, and bone stimulators, you are still required to get those CMNs completed um, before you submit the claim. And we're still talking Medicare because I've heard some people say, is this for every payer? This is Medicare fee-for-service. If other payers say you need the Medicare CMN, you need to check their policies to see if they're changing them. So, so yeah, there's a lot of information there I just fed to everybody. <laughs> But there is, but to your point, there is some good news tucked in there, right? Yes. A few ways to get paid faster, and that's always a good thing for our providers. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tag on there because I want to get the owner's attentions too. Is hey, your your um, look at your dashboard when they, when you're monitoring your billing numbers. Your DSO should improve. You know, your hold on your items on hold, your claims on hold should improve because you're not waiting for a doctor to complete a form to get back to you to submit a claim. So all of those numbers should improve and you should start seeing that cash flow come in a little bit quicker than what we're um, used or what, what they're used to now where they're waiting on a doctor. It could take, there's times I've seen, I've dealt with it as a supplier trying to get a CMN completed by a doctor. There's times it's a few weeks to a month or, or longer, many months, you're waiting on a doctor to complete this form and you're still waiting to get paid. Right. <laughs> so yeah. this is good news. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, well, let's um, kind of stick with respiratory, but let's switch gears to CPAP and, and sleep studies because there's been a few recent changes to with the CPAP policy. Oh, gosh, yes. This has been a, an update. This update I'm going to share has been going on for a long time. And some of you may be familiar with it if you're listening because I've been on this topic. It's just been one of those um, ones that I won't let go. And I finally got some answers. And I wasn't the only one. I was just a... I was just the one initiating and pushing it, but I had some of my other industry friends and then some suppliers that were all over this. You know, as technology advances, sometimes our policies that are in place with, with Medicare or other payers, they don't advance. They, they, they kind of just stand still and that's challenging for us. So where I'm going with this is for those of you that do CPAP and for those of you that deal with sleep studies, that score with an REI, not an REI as in um, Edward, we, we know sleep studies to be scored with an AHI or RDI, which is in the policy, 
but we have seen sleep studies recently being scored with an REI. We've all been trained it's not acceptable because it's not in policy. Well, we finally got CGS and Iridian on the same page, and we found this out in our council meeting last week that we had with them, that they are going to start accepting sleep studies that are scored with using the um, REI index, which is really good news for our suppliers because they don't have to go back to that sleep lab to have them rescore it or have the patient even have to take another test to get it scored according to policy. So this is really good news. The one thing I wanna warn suppliers on is when you do see a sleep study that's scored with an REI, make sure it's not scored with those RERAs, we call them, everybody knows what RERAs are when you do sleep studies. That says that in the CMS language, they don't recognize that. And so um, just make sure that the sleep study doesn't have that included, which means you may have to get the raw data from the sleep lab to make sure that it's not included. Um, just in the event of an audit, they'll ask for that. I know they will because this is going to be new for them to, to look at when they're doing um, claim reviews. The other warning I want to put out there is that you will not see really any articles come out about this um, except from CGS. CGS has agreed that they will release something. I'm not sure what. They haven't decided what, but the medical directors there had said they'll release some type of announcement to the supplier community. Um, and they are doing that because, you know, I'd ask them to to do that. So you all are aware of it. Noridian has chosen to not put any announcement out. They're still not on board with accepting it, even though they told us they were going to accept it, if that makes any sense. So um, just know that it is going to be accepted for an REI. They're not changing that in the CPAP policy, but they will be putting some announcement out. You'll see me talk about it more and more because I know this is more common. Um, so you'll see me talking about this more um, in my education materials. So this is good news for suppliers. So if anybody has questions on that or they want to see the information I have on it right now, I can certainly share that with them. Awesome. Good. That's, we always like more coverage, that's for yeah. sure. Yes. Okay, well, we've covered some big topics, but what else? I feel like you probably have some additional nuggets of information for us. I, I do, and I could go on and on and on. There's so much <laughs> that I see in this world that I could share, but I know many people are like me, and I have short tension spans, so I want to keep a podcast to keep you focused and hear what we're talking about here. So one more thing I'll add in there, and that is about um, your billing number. So this is for those uh, staff that deal with the National Supplier Clearinghouse and they're dealing with that billing number. So your P10, that we all call it the P10, the provider transaction number. So if you're dealing with that number and you're looking at what we know as our 855S application or PECOs, it is so important to make sure that you have your products and services up to date whether there's products and services that you've added or going to add or products and services that you no longer provide. And the reason I say this is that they're really cracking down on this as far as if you're not up to date on a product that you're now offering and you submit a claim, several things can happen. You could get um, a reminder, which is an informational edit saying, hey, you're not accredited for this or it could, they could deny the claim, which means you're not getting paid. And you may get a nasty gram from the clearinghouse saying your information's not up to date with them. 
So to avoid that, take some time and review what you have set up in PECOs for your products and services. Or if you're looking at the hard copy of your 855S, they have made some updates to it. That page, that or that area used to be one page. Now it's a page and a half. I think it's like page 11, 12. Um, so look in that 855S and you'll see that. And make sure it's just up to date. We tend to overlook that and not think anything of it. And we've also relied on accreditation organizations to update the National Supplier Clearinghouse with that information. That doesn't always happen. So do not rely on accreditation to update the NSC with that information. It's actually your job as a business, as a business owner, to update the NSC with that information and update, obviously, your accreditation so you're accredited for those products. Um, so really look at that information. I've also had suppliers, as we talk about your billing number, if you've been in the business for a while, you know you have revalidation that is due every three years. They revalidate your information. Um, because of the pandemic, that slowed, that stopped some things and slowed some things down. They have amped back up doing the, the revalidations. So if you're wondering if you're due for revalidation, you can always call them or you can check on their website. There's a tool um, that you can click on the link to see. It's on their website. Um, we, can, we can share that too, where that tool is. Um, but just wait for that revalidation letter to come because they're trying to catch up. So they're doing it in waves as they're directed by CMS. So uh, so I've had suppliers ask recently, I, I know I'm due for my revalidation. We get nervous because we want to get that done because we don't want any issues to happen with our billing number. Call the NSC, ask them when you're due or look in that lookup tool and it'll tell you. Um, there also has been a few delays because the current contractor for the NSC is Palmetto GBA. We're familiar with that name because they also do the competitive bid um, contract for that program. But Palmetto was up for a bid on their contract just this last year. Earlier this year, they had to bid like we do in competitive bid. They had to bid on their contract. And so um, they, they were working on that. And uh, CMS has determined what's going to happen. We don't know officially, but we do know that CMS is going to release who got the contract. I feel like there's going to be more than one contractor for the NSC now, um, but I don't know that 100%. So, so look for some of those changes to come to with um, some contract updates for the NSC as far as how that's going to work for who's awarded that contract. Um, and then just to wrap up your revalidations, call them, look at that tool if you're waiting on a revalidation. And then in the while you're doing that, look at your information and make sure your products and services are up to date. It's so important. I've helped several suppliers that have ran into two denial issues that is, it's, it's, it's not fun be, in the sense because of the issues with supply chain, the low reimbursements, all this stuff that we're challenged with, you know, low staffing. It's not fun to deal with these denials and to work through them when it can be avoided by just making sure your information's up to date. So there was a lot packed in that one too. <laughs> there was. And I was just thinking, you know, if you could do like two or three super bullet points out of this, like, okay, out of the last 20 minutes, here are your top three takeaways. You know, what would those be? Because there was a ton of information and we will, you know, make sure people can can read that as well. But what are your kind of top three key takeaways from this, Rhonda? Yeah, so I'll start with the oxygen LCD. We know changes are coming. Until then, just follow the current policy. Don't worry about getting a CMN. I can't tell you not to do that. 
if you choose to do it, get the CMN for oxygen, go ahead and do it. But if you don't want to, don't worry about it. You can release those claims. So use that CR modifier in the COVID-19. That's the big one. The next one is other CMNs are being eliminated. And so that's coming in January. So until then, if you do any of those other four products, you still have to get the CMN now. So just still work on getting those CMNs until January. And know your billing softwares will be ready for, for those changes in January. Um, the CPAP, REIs are accepted. That's great news. We can accept those. And then the last one, NSC. May, I can't stress this enough. Make sure your um, your information with your billing number, your P10, is up to date. It's so important. It's not fun when we have to dig out um, of issues when you have a, whether it's been deactivated, suspended, revoked, whatever the issue is, it's, it's, it's a nightmare to deal with. And we're, we're here to help, obviously, but I feel for anybody that has to go through that. So just make sure that information's up to date. Whoever's in charge of it, make sure that they're getting it up to date. Not just say, yes, I have it up to date, but look at it. So those are the big key takeaways. And as you know, Mandy, and you can talk on this, there will be a lot of this education coming around as we have more details on oxygen, the CMNs, and whatever else there may be. You know I love to do my my webinars. So, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, and you're great with the blogs and podcasts. So as you mentioned, if people just subscribe and make sure they, they're signed up for everything, there's no shortage of ways that we try to make sure uh, that our membership knows how they can get paid as fast as possible. Right, exactly. That's the key. As fast as yeah. possible and to keep your money. That's that's all, what I always say. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> good <laughs> <thing>. Yes. <laughs> well, well, Rhonda, thank you so much for your time today and for going through all of this. We really appreciate it. And of course, there will be more updates as as new information comes out. Absolutely. And as you know, I love doing these podcasts. So I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. So thank you very much for having me today. Awesome. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher.